Yes, don't be fooled, folks. This is still the WCHL podcast. All right. Hey, while I'm out, we're going to talk to a very special guest. This is Missouri State's new head coach, Mr. Tom Winkler, who was uh, very kind enough to take a couple of minutes out of his day to uh, talk to us and let us know all about himself. So uh, sit back and enjoy. And uh, yeah, let's listen to head coach Tom Winkler. Hey, this is Chris Perry. I am the commissioner of the Western Collegiate Hockey League, and it's my very special privilege to have on the uh, WCHL podcast right now the brand spanking new head coach at Missouri State University, Mr. Tom Winkler. Tom, thanks so much for taking time out of your day to uh, join us here on the suboptimal WCHL podcast. Thanks for having me, Chris. I appreciate it. Now, before we, you know, the, the best part of the podcast is the part that we never record. Before we, uh, before I hit record, you were just telling me that you and general manager Ryan Armstrong, unfortunately, were subjected to listening to this uh, podcast on your way to a special event. You're going to a, a golf event, huh? Yeah, we were working really hard uh, one day last week in the morning, and we were on our way to a uh, to a fundraising golf tournament for one of the local charities in town, and uh, we happened to catch the the Chris Perry special podcast, and it was really good, yeah. really enjoyable. Well, like I said before, you don't need to butter my biscuit, but I'm sorry, Ryan. Ryan is a we only have eleven listeners, coach, and I think ten of them are out of Springfield. So that's uh, you. You you were unfortunately paired up with one of the ten. So. Army's a good guy. He's a great guy, and uh, I lean yeah. on him an awful lot. So, uh, but but he has poor taste in podcasts. I think. So. <laughs> All right. Don't sell yourself short. It was very good. It was very entertaining. <laughs> well, hopefully you swung him straight and uh, and long uh, during the golf tournament. Did you walk away with any hardware? Uh, yeah, we did. We 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 didn't win as a team, but they it was a great tournament, and they took really good care of us. We kind of a a prize for everybody. We all walked away with a side of ribs. <laughs> Hey, how about that? Not That's your, not, your, not your traditional golf tournament prize, but uh, the lady who ran it was like, you know what? You'll always remember the tournament because we gave you such a unique, uh, unique party gift, and uh, they did a great job. It was for a food bank out of Branson, and it was a really fun morning. And we played with uh, BJ Norman, one of our D three coaches, and then Kevin Thorough, our uh, PA announcer, and booster club president so it was a good uh good morning for us we had a good time now did all four of you guys walk away with the side of ribs or just one that you had to split between the four of you nope each of us did pork ribs or beef ribs uh it was a mixture of all sorts of different things holy sm- man that, I, that's yeah. a golf tournament i need to get in on usually you yeah, end up was, just uh, donating yeah no we uh we cleaned up it was it was fun that is awesome holy sm- <laughs> dang what kind of golf tournaments in missouri are a different kind of uh different kind of take aren't they that's awesome yeah they uh they do it right that's for sure wow all right well hey that's that's i mean that right there might be we, we might just end the podcast right there coach i mean because i don't know that we can top that getting a, a side of ribs for just for going out and screwing around on the golf course that's pretty awesome well the problem is i don't know thing number one about making them so that's oh. going to be the challenge i think ryan said he did so we'll throw it back at him all right. put the pressure on him there yeah just don't do what uh we had an oklahoma football coach years ago that burnt his barbecue and thought he was pretty proud of it and put it up on uh, <laughs> social media and just got absolutely blasted because it was so dry and so 
Gosh. Oh. All right. Hey, enough about Tom. I don't, we've met once down in Florida. You've, you've seen me. I love food. Um, so, boy, when you, uh, you got me sidetracked there talking about uh, ribs, I'm like, dang, I'll, I'll, <laughs> now I'm hungry. All right, Coach, born in St. Louis. You went to Christian Brothers High School in Memphis, Tennessee. Is that correct? No, uh, CBC in St. Louis. CBC in St. Louis. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. CBC. Now I got to ask this: Is this Christian Brothers CBC? Is this? Um, are these the Christian Brothers that are the automotive guys, the car repair guys? No. No. Okay. It's no. just they're, uh, it, they're really Christian Brothers that formed they're a school. They're Lasallian Brothers. This is a. It was a parochial Catholic high school. I got you. Okay. What What's the difference between Lasallian Brothers and Roman Catholic Brothers? You would ask me that. I, I have no clue. I have. I, I don't. Either. Okay. I don't either. All I know is that they all slap as hard as they possibly can. <laughs> get out of so, they major in I got guilt. A lot of trouble in high school, so yeah. I knew that much about them. Now, did you have were there were there uh, were there brothers? Was it only brothers there? Were you also did you also have sisters there too? No, no, no. Uh, it was brothers and lay teachers. Okay. All right. Yeah. So no nuns you had to you had to dodge, but you had to watch out for the brothers and their paddles or rulers, huh? Absolutely, absolutely. You know we have some people in the ACHA that are into uh, discipline, and they might get along with uh, the Christian brothers. <laughs> I, I, yikes, that's kind of wild. All right, and so after that, so you played hockey all your life. Is that is that? I mean, how how yeah. long have you been playing? St. Louis is kind. Of, you grew up a Blues fan. Uh yes, I did. Still am. <laughs> so yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, we got the cup finally. I can die in peace. There you so go. Good. There you we're go. Good. Did you get to go to any of those games? Uh, I did not. I was not, and I was down at Huntsville at the time. Um, I actually watched Game Seven at uh, some friend's house in Nashville when they won the cup. So got to actually watch the game. But uh, we did come home for the parade. So I can say that I was one of the however many hundreds of thousands of people were down there for the parade, which was quite a spectacle. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was neat. It was. Uh, it's been a long time coming and it was great for the fan base which has always been so loyal um but they're they're a great organization they do a lot of great things and uh was happy finally to see them get it done and kind of one of those stories that you know january i remember watching games in january and it was like wow wow this is uh this is hard to watch and um they really did they turned turned some things around coaching change hot goaltender and like they say, the rest is history, but it was certainly a lot of fun to watch. They had a great little story, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. that was that was, that was a special season for them because you're right; they were you know out of the playoffs and out of everything. Uh, no, they were dead last. I think like January fifth, somewhere around there, they were literally the thirty first team in the league. They were nowhere to be found. Snuck into the playoffs and won it all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's crazy. That's pretty awesome. I, I was so okay. So, uh, tell tell me about St. Louis as a hockey town. We you've seen uh, some news recently from the ACHA where uh, we've decided to send nationals to St. Louis forever and ever. Amen. And we have the Blues there. We know about the Junior Blues that are there in St. Louis, a nice junior uh, program that's been around for a long time. What is it about St. Louis that makes it a special? That's uh, standing out as a special hockey town. Uh, you know, it, it, that's a great question. And it's, it's always been a good, good, good hockey town. I think obviously the last 10 to 15 years and, you know, the year they had five or six kids drafted in the first year, I just think the the number of players, um, the quality of coaches that are there, uh, the quality of programs, um, 
you know, I just, I, I think because of the inner competition that they have within the city, it's, you know, the youth clubs are strong and they compete against each other. And you have some really solid AAA programs there that have done a great job. And again, the coaching, um, you've got a lot of guys that, that have put a lot of time and energy and have great backgrounds playing, um, better coaching. Um, but I just, I think all those factors, number of kids, availability, you know, I know it's, there's a sort of an ice crunch now because of the numbers that are playing, but, um, it's just, it's availability of, of, of programs and, and good coaching and competitive situations. It's, it really is. They produced a high quality and high quality and a, a lot of quantity players, um, over, like I said, the last 15, 20 years. And, and even back when I was playing, the hockey was very good, very competitive, um, a lot of guys that, that I played with were fortunate, uh, myself included, to play outside of St. Louis for a little bit of time after we were done there. And, um, you know, it's just it's got a long history. It's a very, very good hockey town. And, um, you know, there's a lot of really solid, good people that are involved in it. And I think that makes the difference. I think that's all you you. You you hit on the uh, I, I, on something that's big in terms of just the community. A lot of kids, a lot of availability. A lot of kids play. A lot of great coaches, but they also get just a ton of community support, which yes. I think is key. I mean, yes. that's that's what attracted very, the ACHA. I know. Yep, very much so. Interesting. All right. So after uh, after you go through dealing with all the brothers there at CBC, uh, you hightailed it and got went all the way to Vermont. What was up with that? Uh, that's kind of a unique story. We don't have a lot of time for that, but, um, <laughs> it was, uh, I, I come from a very military family. Um, yeah. father was army, sister was air force and my twin brothers were Navy. They actually played hockey at the Naval Academy, um, back in the mid eighties. Um, so huge, huge military family and a ton of respect for that. And, and Norwich was actually a military school. Um, so I was only there for a year. I, I'm not afraid to admit it now, but I had some academic issues, a uh, little bit of trouble with the military side of things too. Um, but it was, it, for me personally, it was a tough fit and academically things came crashing down. So, um, the hockey experience was amazing. Uh, my teammates were amazing. I still have a lot of guys that I'm in contact with now. It kind of helped me through it. Um, but the fact that, you know, I was academically ineligible at the end of that first season was, you know, it was tough and, and you know, decision was made that, uh, you know, it wasn't a good fit for me to go back. And um, that was tough. It was it was hard because obviously you, you work and prepare your entire life for that. And, uh, you know, quite honestly, that was many years after I started coaching. That was kind of the reason why I think I really found the calling to coach. Um, because I didn't want players to make the same mistakes that I did academically and get themselves in a situation that I did where, you know, you work so hard for something and it kind of get rips away, gets ripped away from you. And, um, you know, so that's kind of the foundation and the basis for why I got into coaching and um, why I really kind of refined and figured out why I was coaching down the, down the road after starting. Um, so it was a, it was a great experience. It wasn't necessarily a, a great experience at the time, but, um, looking back on it, it was, uh, again, the hockey was wonderful. My teammates were wonderful. My coaches, uh, I still talk to several of my coaches to this day, uh, for advice and, and, uh, you know, friendship and things like that. So, you know, it, it's, everything happens for a reason. And for me at the time, I didn't understand what the lesson was and what the reason was, but, um, as time goes on and you mature, you kind of, you kind of figure it out. 
things kind of fall into place, don't they? They happen for a reason. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So being in military school, in addition to just being a college student and having to pull your normal class, what what other uh, aspects, what, what was the uh, military end of things? Because it's not like going to the, um, uh, the Naval Academy or the Air Force Academy. But it is uh, in that you in, in that you 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 have a regimented schedule, I'm sure, and you have lots of duties and responsibilities in addition to your classwork. Yes, and, and it was very regimented, and and you know obviously you're you're up every morning at five a.m. and you're drilling and you're learning all the freshman stuff, and um, you know freshmen up there we were called rooks rookies, and uh, you know you go through you go through a lot of training and and a lot of mental you know. Uh, mental anguish is how I like to put it now. Um, but it was, you know, it was, you got used to it as it went on, but at the same time, it certainly, um, was, was tough to, to deal with. And, and, you know, like I said, I, I struggled with some of it and I wasn't, wasn't really good at managing my time, even though we were on a structured routine. And, and like I said, hockey became my, my escape where I spent more time in the locker room and avoiding, avoiding the military side of things and I did studying. So at the end of the day, it came back and, and kind of bit me a little bit, but, um, you know, and I, we had these things that we would have to do, which were, if you got in trouble and got the merits, they were called tours where you had to check out a rifle and, and walk around a flagpole. And there were several nights after hockey games where I'd get done playing hockey and I'd have to go walk around the flagpole for an hour. So, Yikes. Uh, yeah, it was it was it was quite the experience. Like I said, I laugh about it now, but again, the the lessons learned and the uh, you know, like I said, the bonds that I made with my teammates and, and coaches and um, all that stuff has kind of helped define again the the real reason and purpose why you get into to coaching and do things. So you hit on something uh, that I think is is they they don't teach you when you uh, leave high school and or when you attend college for the first year, and I think the first year is the most important year because you have to learn time management. You're only going, if you're taking a full load of classes, that's 15 hours, but that's 15 hours out of your week. You know, most everybody else is working 40 plus hours out of the week. And so you can, a lot of kids go, Oh, woe is me. I'm taking so many hours, but they don't realize they're only going to class 15 hours a week. They have all the rest of the time to mess around and it's um, uh, time management is the is the biggest thing I think kids can learn in their first year in college is uh, how to balance that class schedule with studying because you need to you know you need to couple your your class time with studying and then also with your social life and whatever ever other what any well, I'm stumbling over my words but whatever other things you you want to do in college whether it's working you know being a part of a sports club or or whatever so uh, time management yep. is the key. Absolutely. All right. After Nor, well, let, let's let's we'll we'll take a break from your uh, from your academic pursuits. Um, but but that had, that had to be a huge culture shock, Coach, going from suburban St. Louis, the big city, and now here you are up in the Green Mountains of Vermont. Uh yeah. It was, well, it was it was culture shock all the way around. Um, it was beautiful. I mean, Vermont's unbelievably beautiful. The school campus was amazing. Um, but yeah, it was just. I, I, I guess you could say I was overwhelmed. I think that's a good, good adjective. Um, you know, it was, it, yeah, it's just, it was, it was overwhelming experience. And to a certain degree, you know, I honestly looking back on it, I don't think I was mature enough. I don't think I was ready. Um, 
and, and, and all those things play, play a factor into it. And then, you know, I, I, I jumped into a major that I probably wasn't suited for, um, engineering. So the freshman engineering classes were, were kind of blowing me away a little bit. Um, so again, I think it was just at the time thought it was right, thought it was good, thought it was the pathway, but, um, it really just didn't seem to, didn't want to work out that way. But again, I'm not a, I don't live in regrets or anything like that. It's, it's, I wouldn't trade the experience for anything because again, I think it helped define, define, you know, subconsciously at that time, what I really wanted to do. Um, but also kind of woke me up a little bit about, you know, what realities are. And like you said, how you have to survive in, in a structured environment. And then even so, when, you know, I ended up going to a, another school um, and graduating Northeast Missouri State. And I ended up playing soccer there. So I, 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 I had a great sports experience in college. And um, but again, I had to relearn how to manage my time, how to how to deal with everything you just hit on academic, social, sport practices, um, all those types of things. And, and even though I went through it and, and had kind of a, you know, a rough go of it the first time around at Norwich, it still took me a little while to figure it back out when I got to, uh, to Northeast. So, um, you know, again, it's just, everything is about learning and, and the lessons you learn and how you handle things and being under duress and, and being able to, to manage all those things put together. So, um, again, you can't trade the experiences. The experiences are what make you wiser. And, and that's what helps me, you know, deal with these kids. It's, a lot of times I can look at them and say, hey, I've been there, done that. I I can help you out. I can advise you. I can and lead you down the pathway. So, again, you don't find yourself making the, the same decisions I did that were, were costly and not necessarily the best ones at the time. Yep, yep. You're doing a different kind of engineering now, um, but it's yeah. with a, in a team <laughs> dynamic. Tell, tell, yeah. me, tell me about the uh, – did you play soccer uh, as well as hockey growing up? I did. I did, but high school was mostly just hockey because of the length of the schedule, but – I did play rec soccer as, you know, back then that's what you did in the off season. You played different sports. So I was a baseball player, soccer player, um, hockey player. And again, I, I, I hadn't, uh, did not play high school soccer at CBC just mostly because we focused on hockey, but, um, quite honestly, it was, uh, um, you know, I got there and was looking for something to do and, and opportunities fell into place and, timing was timing seems to be a good thing with me whether it's bad timing or good timing but at the time I was playing intramural soccer and the soccer team had a bunch of injuries and some kids leave school and the person who ran the intramurals was like I had had a couple good games and she was like you know what you might want to talk to the soccer coach because they're they've lost some kids and they're down some numbers and you know again timing was everything she convinced me to go in and visit with them and I did and one thing led to another and that was that so that's pretty awesome what it was it was a lot of fun again great great teammates um you know great friends i saw a couple here in town a few weekends ago a couple of my teammates are actually one of them is the women's coach at truman state now which the school changed its name to and another teammates coaching the men's team and they were in town in springfield so i got to catch up with them and watch their teams play and then my daughter actually plays she's a freshman at william jewell college in Kansas city and she was playing against Truman. So, or, uh, she was down here playing against Drury the other day. So I got to watch her play. Um, so it's, everything kind of comes full circle. It's kind of wild how things work out. 
That is wild. That is pretty cool. What what did anything transition or or uh, relate from your hockey experience over to soccer that made the uh, the transition from ice to the pitch a little easier for you? Uh, I honestly, I think it was competitiveness. Um, I certainly wasn't as skilled a soccer player as a lot of my teammates, but um, I think I did one thing. I will say, I think I did lead the team in yellow cards. Um, <laughs> there was an aggressive. There was an aggressiveness that um, sometimes I got carried a little bit away with. Uh, but I think, you know what, Chris, the best part about it was being back involved with the team and being in a team situation and, um, you know, going to practice every day and battling guys during the week. And then, you know, watching if I wasn't playing, I was watching the guys that we were battling with. And we had a really good team, really good camaraderie. Um I had a, uh, the last year I actually played, I had a really serious back injury and, uh, there was a coaching change the following year and the coach reached out to me and, you know, I wasn't feeling right. My, my back wasn't healed and uh, I was struggling physically and he kind of saw that in some summer training we did. And he's like, you know what? I need an assistant coach. You know, would you think about doing something like that? And, uh, for me, like I said, physically, I wasn't right. Um, and that's, that was basically the first time I started coaching. I was a, a student assistant coach with the soccer team my last year there. And uh, kind of that's what lit the bug for to get back involved in, or to start the coaching. It was a lot of fun, and I enjoyed a lot of the aspects of it, the, you know, the planning, the practices, the watching the video, the, you know, and again, learning the different relationships because, you know, one year I'm playing with these guys, and then the next year I'm, you know, I'm helping out in a little bit different role. And, um you know, so that was a great learning experience and, um, it really did. It kind of, that's what kind of started the coaching bug. Very nice. Very nice. That's kind of a cool little backstory there. It's, it's, it's definitely the long and winding road. <laughs> well, Hey, speaking of long and winding roads, you've, you've coached uh, all over the place. You've coached in Bozeman, Montana, Hampton roads, Norfolk, Virginia, Gillette, Wyoming, Decatur, Alabama, Shreveport, Louisiana, Huntsville, and now St. Louis Springfield. Um, yep. so, so let, let's go through each of these places. Get, tell me one great thing about each place and then maybe one not so great thing. Uh, let's start with Bozeman, Montana. Oh man. Unbelievable. Uh, that was the first junior job I had. Um, I worked for, um, the common theme with all this stuff, Chris is the people. Uh, I worked with, um, John LaFontaine was my first boss. He was the one who hired me. That is Pat LaFontaine's older brother. Um, John was an amazing, amazing mentor, um, amazing person, leader, uh, really kind of showed us our staff how to do things the right way. Um, there's not a more genuine human being on the planet than, than John LaFontaine. Um, everything about Bozeman was amazing. We were, we were, we lived near Yellowstone park. Um, we had an unbelievable facility at the time we started out, we were in the America West league which was tier two at the time. And then we emerged into the North American league. Um, I think the only thing that was negative about it is that, you know, you'd have snow at the first week of September and you wouldn't see the grass again until May. <laughs> um, but, but even, even with that, you learn to, you get used to it. You, you love it. And uh, it's just an amazing place. It was right. an amazing place. Very cool. And then what you, you left Montana and you went all the way to the East coast in Virginia. What about Hampton Roads yeah. in the Norfolk area? Yeah, we had a stop back in St. Louis for two years um, when I was back with the Junior Blues and uh, did a, a project um, with the St. Louis Blues called the Hockey Academy of St. Louis. Um, it was a training 
training facility. So I was there for two years. Um, good quick stop, two years in St. Louis, two national championships with the junior blues. Um, and then, yeah, I had a chance for the first time to be a head coach and a GM um, with the Hampton Roads Whalers uh, out in Hampton Roads, Virginia, which was a, a great learning experience. Again, um, great people I worked with out there. Um, very unique uh, situation. I had an opportunity to get involved with the Norfolk Admirals, who were of the American League. At the time, um, it was a kind of a weird story, but I was actually called Mike Butters was their GM at the time. And he called me and asked me to referee one of their, their training camp scrimmages, um, which I thought was kind of funny because I'm not a really, really good referee. I've done it and I'm not very good at it. Um, but I did that. And then after that, after camp was over, we, we kind of created a internship coaching position for me. And I did that for three seasons and that was amazing, amazing experience at the time they were, um, partnered with uh, Tampa Bay, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, the last season I was there was the year that the current owner in Tampa um, owned the team and, and got to meet Steve Eiserman and some of the wonderful people involved in, in that organization. And it, just a great learning experience, just an unbelievable, just listen and learn situation and learning from the coaches and being around the players and, and exposed to all that was just, uh, was absolutely amazing. That's not, it, it isn't it wild. It truly is. Uh, wait, I, I say it all the time, and it's and it's not a trite little saying. But hockey truly is a very very small community, and yes. you could whether you're in Bozeman or in Norfolk or you know now St. Louis or even down in Springfield, uh, you, you, your buddies and your your friends and you get to know people who are at the very top of uh, the hockey game in the NHL. I mean, guys that have, like you said, Stevie Eisman, how many cups has he won? And, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, just amazing, the, the gifts that, uh, that that the game brings you. Absolutely. Well, that's that's the thing. I've been so fortunate to be around a lot of the people I have. It's just, it, it's again, it's all about building relationships, and it's, it's all about, like I've always said, if I'm the smartest guy in a room, then we're really in trouble. <laughs> So you always want to surround yourself with, with people that are more experienced and more knowledgeable. And, and again, that's how you learn. And it's, it's, I've been very, very lucky. Talk about, uh, talk about Gillette, Wyoming. Cause uh, now you've, you've kind of boomeranged all the way back towards, uh, the, the, the big sky country. Yep. We had a chance to go back out West and, and start that program. I was fortunate enough to be the first coach in the history of the wild. And, um, what a great experience that was, um, took the job in late June that first year and basically had no players and had about a month and a half to put a team together. And, um, you know, there was one particular guy that told me at the beginning of the year, he's like, you'll be lucky if you win 10 games. And I had a junkyard dog team. We were not the most skilled. I had a couple skilled, really skilled guys. But after that, it was at kids that were just hungry and wanted to play and had experienced some failure and not making other teams at different levels. And, um, you know, I, I, that was our, that was our rally cry. I told them that at the first team meeting, I said, there's an individual within the league that doesn't believe we're going to win 10 games. And it was a six team league at the time. And we finished 23, 23 and two, and we made the playoffs. And, nice. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was such a credit to those kids, man. They were, they were a really fun group and they battled and competed hard all year. And, we won some games that we had no business winning just because of their, their attitude and their demeanor. Um, 
so again, it was just another, another wonderful experience. Um, our son, our daughter was born in Montana. Our son was born in Gillette. Um, so obviously fond memories of, of those places as well. That's pretty awesome. Now, was Gillette like Bozeman in terms of uh, first snow in September, and then you don't thaw out until March or April? Uh, Gillette's a place where it was kind of flat. You could watch your dog run away for three days. Um, <laughs> the, wind, the wind the wind, would whip through there. Um, it was the, the climate was very unique there, too. Um, but again, you're close to the Black Hills and uh, Rapid City, South Dakota, all those types of places, and Yellowstone. Uh. Okay. Uh, it was just another beautiful part of the country. Gillette's a small town. It's a it's a it's a mining town, natural gas coal. Um, very very tight knit community. Very very neat community to be a part of when we were there. People were fantastic. It was uh, another just another great experience. And then you went down south. You went to uh, Alabama and Louisiana and back to Alabama. Um, what was it about the South that, uh, that brought you down to Shreveport, Huntsville and down to, uh, run the Point Mallard guy, uh, team? Well, that was, uh, I went to work for TPH, Total Package Hockey. Um, and at the time they, uh, they had owned, um, an NA3 team, Point Mallard. That's what got me down there. Uh, I ran that team for three years. We had a lot of success, a lot of fun, great, great, great people, great teams. Um, then TPH made the decision to get out of the junior hockey uh, scenario. They had owned a couple teams and they sold them all. Uh, I went back and coached AAA for two and a half years. I was coaching the TPH Thunder and then the Nashville Junior Predators, um, which was a multi-city model uh, AAA program. Both of them were. At the same time, I was fortunate enough to, to meet Glenn DiTulio, the head coach of the Huntsville Havoc. Our daughters were actually playing house league hockey against each other one Saturday, and I recognized them and stuck up, struck up a conversation with them. And and you know, lo and behold, down the road a few little bit later, I you know volunteered and started helping with an internship position with them, um, which eventually led to a full time position. It was a split position. I was a member of the coaching staff, but I also did some front office work. Um, so that was a great, great learning experience. In the mornings, I was with the, the hockey team. And then after lunch, I spent the afternoons doing, you know, corporate relations and sales and things like that. So I got a taste of, you know, how the other side is, how the business side is, how organizations run. Um, learned a ton. Again, great, great organization, great people. Um, it certainly didn't hurt that we won, won the playoff championship two years in a row. Um, so again, just another wonderful experience with wonderful people and, uh, um, couldn't have been luckier. People don't know that, uh, Huntsville, Alabama is a, a big hockey town before the, uh, I mean, they've, they've got the Alabama Huntsville, uh, college team in there, but they've also, before the, the havoc, they had the channel cats in there for the longest time. Yep. And, they've had quite a, quite a history. They had, uh, they had, um, Oh, who was it before the Channel Cats? It's, I'm drawing a blank here, but they had the uh, Channel Cats one year. They had uh, oh gosh, of course the names are escaping me. There goes my memory. Yeah, no, they. I, so I know it. It'll, it'll come to me at some point. They, but they had, yeah, they've had quite a history. And then out, University of Alabama Huntsville had a program for many years. They've been done for I believe it's oh gosh, probably three years now. Um, that was kind of a tough go for them down there, but. Um, Met a lot of great people with that program, too. Great coaches, great players came through Alabama Huntsville. A lot of good hockey played there at the Von Braun Center. What Talk, talk, yep. talk about the – I mean, that's an old rodeo barn. 
um, or it seemed like it to me uh, whenever I was in there, um, that place had a, had a ton of uh, atmosphere for a, a small town hockey rink to be in there. I mean, you, the, the locals were right on top of you. Yeah. And the last year, our attendance, we averaged about, I think our, our building held 6,000 and our average was, um, about 47, 4,800. Um, wow. we get to Friday, Saturday nights games. Those were sellouts 5,000 plus. Um, yeah, it was an unbelievable environment. Um, but it, it stems, it all stems with ownership. Uh, the team had great ownership. Um, they took care of the players. They took care of the employees, the coaches. They were just, Keith and Becky Jeffries are just wonderful people and they do an amazing thing down there and they donate so much of their time and money back into the community that it's a very, very, it's a community based organization. Um, and they do, they do an unbelievable job. That's the, uh, that's the key to success at the, uh, minor league level is to get involved in the community and, and like you say, pay it back to the community so that they know that you're not, not just there to, you know, cash checks and season tickets and you're not just, uh, grifters. So, yeah. uh, yeah, very, very well, nice. Actually, now, it, now it came to me, they had the Huntsville tornado for a year and then it was the Huntsville blast. The Huntsville blast was the original team. Then they went to the tornado. Then they went to the channel cats. And then the havoc. Yeah. Hey, that Channel Cats logo is just, uh, that's iconic. It's pretty cool. I, I yeah. remember the tornado, yeah, for, for just one year in red one year. is their color. Yep. Ugh. Yep. What a right. deal. All right. And then you came to, you you were on the staff with uh, with Rick Zombo at Lindenwood for a season in, up in St. Back home in St. Louis. And now you're the head coach at uh, Missouri State. Um, out of all of those, I mean, you've been at all sorts of different levels, whether it's in the <laughs> North American, the North American three, whether it's the, the AW or the NORPAC, um, Southern pro now NCAA. I mean, what's the, I, I realize you're now in the ACHA coach, but I mean, what's the, what's the, the level of hockey where you enjoyed yourself the most? Uh, I, I'm going to, this is, it, it's all of them. I, I, again, I think it's, it's hockey's hockey and it's, it's, you surround yourself with, like I said, with great people and the experiences are amazing. Um, every level's different in a lot of ways, as far as how it's run or this and that, um, you know, the thing that was so awesome about the Southern pro league is that the guys, the guys that were there were just, they were so self-aware. They knew where they were at. We had such wonderful veteran players that all they wanted to do is win. And they created, and, and Glenn created such a culture within the program that, um, you know, if a guy came in and he had a little bit of attitude and he didn't fit in the, the locker room took care of it itself. Um, and, and the coolest thing was when we had those teams that won those championships, it was just, it was so awesome to see those guys, the respect they had for each other, for the program, the coaches, the owners, um, you know, it was, it was wonderful and it was really fun hockey. It was, you know, it was tough. It was fast paced. It was, uh, you know, again, it was the, the kids that played were just, they were hungry and they just wanted to do it. And, you know, again, you look at all the levels, it's, it, it comes down to, if you find good people, you recruit good players, um, you get like-minded individuals that all have the same goal. And as all coaches will tell you, the toughest part is always getting 25, 26 kids on the same page. Um, but it's, it's, you know, just the learning, just being around it, being around, whether it was the guys in Norfolk or the kids at Lindenwood or the kids here or at the junior level, it's just, 
you get the right kids and, and they make it fun. They make coming to the rink fun and they push you as a coach to be better because you know, they want to be better. Um, and that's, that's the enjoyment. That's, you know, it's funny, like, you know, obviously when you first start coaching and you're young, you want to win and you want to move up the ladder. And as you get older, you start to realize that it's a lot more than that. It's, it's again about building the relationships. It's about, you know, helping these, these players and these young men maximize their, their potential. Um, it really is. It's about, it's, it's just about making people around you better and sharing your experiences and, and, at the end of the day, if, if I look at someone like myself, you know, I'm, I'm the luckiest guy on the planet. I have a great understanding family that allows me to do this. I, I, I love, I love the game. Um, I'm very passionate about it. And I hope that at some point, you know, it's, uh, I, I, I motivate and inspire more, inspire the kids that, like I said, I don't want them to make the same mistake I made. Um, you know, when you, when you can take a step back and look at that and, just be so thankful for all the experiences. It's every place. It's been a great experience. It's been a, the, it's been a great experience because of the players. Sounds like it. And again, you know, uh, it, people underestimate the blessings that the game, uh, repays you with, you know, if you do things yep. the right way, the, the game treats you well. So uh, no doubt. Yeah. That's, no doubt. that's pretty awesome. What, tell me coach, what, what did you know about the ACHA before you took the Missouri state gig? Um, I was fairly familiar with it. Um, you know, I've always, always had a lot of respect for it. Cause obviously when you're at the tier three level, that's, you know, you're, you're, you're directing your players more, more to the re- reality of where they're going to play. And, um, it, even before I've been in it now this year, it's a great level of hockey. The teams we've played to this point have been very good. Our level of competition has been outstanding. Um, the coaches have been, great to get to know um so it's it's i i always had no issues whatsoever sending kids to programs and talking about the acha i had a lot of buddies that played and coached in it um you know it's it's it, it really is i, I don't want to say it's underestimated because i don't believe it's underestimated anymore um because i do think there's enough teams at enough places that people have seen it and they have enough respect for it um and they appreciate it and you know, I, I think I think what you guys do and what the league does, I think it's fantastic level of hockey, and it, it just provides an opportunity for these kids to keep playing, um, and it's it's awesome. It is awesome. I, I'm I'm partial to it. Uh, I'm partial to it for sure. And yeah, I think it's it's awesome, especially at the men's division one level, where it's um, uh, you know people don't understand that it's this isn't you know the quidditch club this isn't the tiddlywinks club it's also not you know full-on varsity ncaa hockey but it's in that gray area in between and uh, the folks involved treat it uh like it's ncaa hockey and they you know treat it and they take it seriously and the kids obviously do and uh it's i think it's just awesome so uh, i'm i'm impressed yeah, I, no, yeah. no no i was just gonna say too you know we're fortunate enough that we have two teams and you know, these teams that have come in here and played us at the D1 level and at the D3 level, they've been the organization, the structure, again, the quality of coaches um, had a chance to visit with some of the D3 coaches when they were in town and just great guys. And everybody's passionate about it. And everybody, everybody wants the best, you know, obviously not only for their program, but they want to see the league grow and they want to see teams be competitive. It's just, it's very refreshing. What uh, what did you know about Missouri State before you uh, took the gig in Springfield? 
Um, you know, I was, I was familiar with it. Uh, you know, being back in St. Louis last year, I, I skated a lot with a lot of my buddies and alumni groups. And a lot of those guys had kids that played here. Um, you know, and, and never heard a bad thing about the program. Just always heard great things. Um, it's kind of funny. I don't know if you know this, if Ryan told you, but when I was back in St. Louis for that two year period, I actually coached Ryan when I was a member of the junior blues coaching staff. No way. So there's a little bit, a little bit of history there. Um, again, that, that <laughs> small world, I hate to tell you that, but that tells you how old I am. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, it, you know what? And it came about again, timing is everything and opportunity. And there's always something special when people reach out to you and want you to be a head coach and a leader and, and things of that. And you, 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 you work for those opportunities. Um, but the, the thing was, Chris, is that the more conversations we had, um, the more I realized our foundational expectations, not only for the program and the players, but for myself, um, we were all on the same page. Um, you know, the focus is on the players first, student athletes, um, that's first and foremost and, um, standards and accountability and, and structure, um, you know, all those things are important to me and they're important to the club and Ryan. And, uh, you know, that was, that was when we knew we were, we were, this was going to be a good fit and it's been, it's been outstanding. It's been a lot of fun. Good. Yeah. Well, you, you said earlier, part of your job as a, uh, as a coach is to get 25 guys to, you know, kind of all have the same, uh, the same goal, pull on that same rope. And I'm sure that's uh, that's not only the case on the ice, but you you definitely want to have that off the ice too with your support structure. So it sounds like you've you've got it there with Ryan and uh, the rest of the Missouri State off ice staff. Yep, yep. And we've we've got some great people that volunteer a ton of time and um, put a ton of time and energy and effort into this. And you know everything from our our off ice guys to our broadcasting crew to our cameramen. Um, it's, it really is. It's uh, it's a wonderful place and the atmosphere is it, it's our games are electric. It's outstanding. And um, again, it's just, it's everything comes down to enjoying what you do. And, and I go back to the fact that I've never had a real, I shouldn't say never, but it's been a long time since I've had a real job. Um, anytime you get to go to the ice rink, your life's pretty good. So that's, I'm that's very, the truth. Very fortunate. You said earlier that uh, one of your teams out in Gillette, they were a bunch of junkyard dogs. How would you describe uh, your team right now, your Missouri State team that you have right now? Um, you know what? They're they're great kids. They, uh, they're working hard. They're buying in to the things that we're doing. Um, you know, they show up every day. They battle. They compete. Uh, again, the big thing is they're buying into what we're trying to do, and, and we're still trying to finalize and, and, and get our team identity as to where we want to be. Um, but I have no, no complaints as far as effort and attitude, uh, commitment level. It's, it's all been fantastic. I, you know, I think right now, and I said this to the kids that we're the best 40 minute team in the league. The problem is you got to play 60. So we gotta, we gotta figure out the last 20. We gotta, we gotta tighten some things up. And a lot of it comes down to confidence. They gotta, they gotta finish, you know, we gotta finish games the way we start games. We come out, fast and hungry and strong. And then, um, you know, not that we do it consciously, but it's almost like we go into a prevent defense in the third period. And, you know, we've got to, we got to change the mindset where it's, you know, we're going to, we're going to play to win. We're not playing not to lose. Um, you know, and that's, that's my job to, to keep working on that and build up the confidence and, 
you know, these guys know I've got confidence in them and, and we're going to get there and obviously want to get there as quickly as we can. What is it, What is that team identity that you're trying to foster? When What is it that you want other teams when they look at their schedule and they see Missouri State? What is uh, on the schedule? What is it that you want those other teams to know that they're in for when uh, when Missouri State's, you know, they're on the schedule? What is it you're trying to build? What's that identity? They're, that, that we're relentless, that we play hard in all three zones. We defend hard. We defend fast. Um, our job is we want the puck, so when you have the puck, you're not defending as much. Um, when we do turn it over, we want to be in your face. We want our logo in your face. Um we want to compete hard. We want to compete within the bounds of the game. We don't want to do stupid stuff after the whistles. Um, we want to be a team that that when people walk away, it's like, man, they play hard. They play smart. Um, you know, we're obviously like every coach will tell you, they want we want teams to have to adjust to us. Um, and you do that by being a proactive team and dict- dictating the pace and play of the game. And, and that's you know, that's where we want to get to. And like I said, we're, we've been really good at times for 40 minutes, but 40 minutes doesn't win you a lot of hockey games. So I hear you. I hear we got it. We got to get to, we got to get to the fifth year. area. You had one of those 40 minute games up in North Dakota. You recently took a trip to, up there. You played a, one game against Minot state, two games against the university of Mary. And in that game against number one, Minot, it was three to three late in the third. Uh, you, you were yep. a fifty-minute team that that day. Yeah, uh. yeah, we did, and we had we had a we had a couple breakdowns under about the eight nine minute mark, and uh, you know they're they're quality team. They're a very good team. They know how to win. They're experienced. They were patient. Um, I really was overall. I was very happy with with how we played and our compete level. And again, you walk away and you're like, hey, we clean up a couple things. You know, maybe it's maybe it's a different result, and um, certainly that's not to take anything away from Minot. Like I said, their experienced team, veteran team, they played very, very well. Um, but we we also should come out with a little bit of confidence that we can play with anybody. But again, we got to play for a full sixty minutes. You can't play. Maybe we were better. Maybe we're a fifty-minute team, but we're not. Uh, we're not at that sixty-minute mark. And you know, when the puck's dropped at a D zone faceoff, you got to be ready. You can't. You can't wait a half a second, two seconds against a team like that because they know what to do if they see a loose puck uh, below the tops of the circles, and, and they got after it, and um, that ended up being the game-winning goal. So, uh, again, lessons to learn, and, and obviously you you want to get you want to get better each week, and, and that's our goal as well. Yeah, well, and that's the that's the goal of the regular season, right? Everybody wants to win every game they play, but reality is you want to get to nationals and you want to be peaking at nationals. And if this is a lesson, you'd rather learn it in September, October, as opposed to March. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Tell, tell me about that trip to North Dakota. I mean, besides being long, um, did, did you, did you get, uh, you, you got to play three games against, uh, top 20 teams. And, um, what were you, I guess, what were the goals going into the weekend uh, other than just winning? And were you, you know, putting the wins and losses aside, did you accomplish those goals on that trip? Yeah. Um, you know, obviously we were disappointed. We didn't get some results. Um, again, Minot is, is definitely, everybody knows where they're at. Um, but I'll tell you the team that's, that's really scary as well as you of Mary. That is a, that is a very, very very strong hockey club they've got great speed great depth um you know we had we kind of laid an egg in the friday game um 
we did not compete at the level we needed to. And the five, two result was, was, was fitting for that game. Um, we did bounce back on, on Saturday. We played a much better game. Um, you know, the first goal was a, defla- a redirect off of uh, threw it from the corner and hit one of our defensemen in the skate and went in. And then we gave up a shorthanded goal and a empty netter. Um, so we kind of beat ourselves a little bit on Saturday. Uh, but the effort was much better. The compete was much better. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I think Mary's one of those teams that's going to going to creep into the top 10 before it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a very good hockey team and, and, and Minot is as well. And for us, it was just, you know, it was a good gauge to come back and be like, okay, now we, we kind of got punched in the nose a little bit and we've experienced a little adversity and some failure. And um, now we gotta, we gotta get back to work and regroup and, you know, this weekend we got a, an Oklahoma team that's coming in that is playing with a ton of confidence. Um, they're playing extremely well. They're winning games. They're scoring goals. Um, you know, we've we've got to prepare ourselves and be ready for them because they're they're another high quality opponent, and we've got to we got to make sure we have our A game. The the thing about playing uh, those top teams. Uh, win or lose, it, I always thought it was good. You you used the term gauge, and I thought it was a, a very good gauge for um, for the guys. Win, win or lose, because you could see what it takes to get – you know what level they're at. You can see how far away and what you need to do to get to that level. And, hey, you know, uh, a 5-3 result at Minot and, you know, two three-goal games against Mary two-time ACHA men's two champion. They played for the title last year, so they're the runner-up. That's nothing to sneeze at, especially for a Missouri State team that's, you know, trying to, um, you know, you didn't fall to, you know, the total depths of the ACHA, but you didn't qualify for nationals last year. So it was a re, this is a, a, that was a a new experience for, for Missouri State. So that had to be good for your kids to say, we're not far. We, if we just do some little things and we do them consistently and we, you know, we're ready all 60 minutes, we're going to get there. Yep. No, hundred percent. And I, and I think when you take a step back and you analyze it and, you know, we had an off weekend, so we had, you know, homecoming and the guys were able to, to relax a little bit. And, you know, tonight we're going to have the meeting and, and talk about some video and things of that nature and, and get ourselves back on, back on track and you know again it's if we if we don't learn from it then it's a failure if if we learn from it and we get better and we keep improving then then the lessons are learned and, and you're right it's a long season and um you know it's uh you know again it's 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 all about the process as everybody always says it's a it's a marathon not a sprint and uh you know some of some of our weaknesses were exposed a little bit against mary and we've got to tighten some things up. And like I said, five or six times already, but um, I'll go back to the fact that I like this, these kids attitude and their work ethic has been great and they'll show up tonight and be ready to get back to business. Good. Very good. All right. Well, you're, you're getting ready to go to the rink. What is uh, for, for Tom Winkler, what, uh, what does coach like to do when he's not at the rink? I mean, are you one of these guys that likes to, uh, you read a book? Uh, do you go out and run? Do you chop down trees? What is it that you do when you're not <laughs> dealing with hockey in the ice? Um, uh, you know, I, I do read a lot. I'm always reading coaching books or, or strategy books. I'm, you know, a history buff when it comes to world wars and stuff. I like to read up on that and study that. Um, I like to play golf. I'm not good at it. I like to play. Um, 
I, I, I always visit with these greenskeepers of all these courses that I go to because I'm really tired of them having trees and waters on my fairways. Uh, <laughs> That's kind of unfair, but, uh, isn't it? Yeah. I, I, fortunately, a lot of the guys here, they like to play golf. So it's it's played a lot of golf down south, but didn't play as much last year. So it's nice to kind of do that. Um, you know, my daughter's a, a, you know, a freshman in college playing soccer. And, and I've been fortunate enough to, to catch some of her games. So it's... I'm excited about that. It's really pretty neat to see. And she's already 10 times the player I was. So I'm really happy for her. And um, we have a son, a nine-year-old son, and he's he's his own little man. And it's great to see him develop. So I like to, to spend as much time with them as I can. And they're back in St. Louis right now. So when we do have the time together, it's a little more valuable. Um, but uh, that's that's about it. I'm pretty simple. I like to watch a lot of hockey and um, army got me hooked on this show Ozark. I don't know if you've heard or seen that, but yeah. he got me hooked on it. So it's, uh, that's taken a lot of time trying to get caught up on that, but, um, that's about it. That kind of takes, takes you through it, I guess. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot for a, uh, for a young man in Springfield, uh, Springfield, Missouri, <laughs> spring Vegas, at least you're, uh, yeah. <laughs> not, not running around and, uh, causing all sorts of trouble. So, uh, very yeah. good. Very good. Yeah. All right. Well, what's uh, we we started talking about uh, these places where you were. What's one great thing about this? What's one not so great thing about that place? Sell me on Spring Vegas, Springfield, Missouri. What is special about Springfield? Uh you know what? Right now, it's I, I've been able to kind of experience a little bit. The restaurants here are fantastic. There's a lot of local local restaurants that are fantastic. Um, I was here for the tail end of the. Springfield Cardinals double a baseball season. They got a great baseball park and I enjoy going to the games and, and watching baseball. Um, and really, again, it comes back to what I said from the get go is the people. It's just everybody I've met here has been amazing, very welcoming, very supportive. Um, just, just awesome. It's that they've really helped with the transition. Yeah. The people of Springfield are awesome. All 11 listeners. Um, they're, they're especially awesome, but, uh, that, that's the thing that I really enjoyed about Springfield. I, I haven't hit the, uh, even though I do like food, um, I haven't hit the, the, the restaurant scene as much, but the people up there are just top notch, super friendly. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, Missouri state is blessed to have a, uh, just a, such a supportive, um, crowd and a supportive fan base. Every time I go up there, somebody is wearing some different form of Missouri State paraphernalia. I mean, there's yeah. I, I I always I joke around, uh, but Ryan told me, uh, Stan Melton told me, you know, there's always two games. Whenever Missouri State plays, there's always two games being played, one on the ice and one off the ice. Yep. And uh, we're, we we always try to win off the uh, I mean on the ice, but we're definitely always trying to win off the ice. Um, you know, the result may not, uh, you know, the, the result on the ice might not come out the way they want, but, uh, man, they're doing it right off the ice. That's for sure. Yeah, no, it's, it's fantastic. Everything from the rink and the rink staff to again, Ryan's off ice crew, Kevin Thurl heads it up and they're just, it, it's amazing. It's just, it's been a lot of fun. It really is. It's been a blast. Now coach is, is, is Kevin, has he tried to get you to uh, grow a stash and try to rival his? Um, I, I, I can't even grow a beard. I'm lucky that I'm able to do uh, <laughs> Kevin, goatee. I, Kevin Thoreau. His, 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 him and Raleigh Fingers. If anybody's ever seen Raleigh Fingers, uh-huh. Kevin, Kevin's is right up there with it. Snidely Whiplash from uh, the old W. Yes. Durite cartoons. <laughs> Holy smokes. Yeah. Nice and long yeah. and tailored and manicured. And I mean, it's a, it's a work of art. 
So Oh, it's a beauty. He's yeah. a beauty too. He's, he's a, an awesome guy. He's a good guy. He's a really good guy. Hey, if he's going to bring you golfing and get you get you in a golf tournament where you, everybody walks away with a side of ribs, that's a great guy right there. Holy smokes. Uh-huh. Yeah, can't argue that. Come full circle. All right, Coach. Listen, we've taken enough and up of your time. Get to the rink. Have fun. And I uh, appreciate your uh, your time spending, us, uh, spending it here with us here on the WCHL podcast. And uh, best of luck through the rest of the season. Look forward to seeing you in St. Louis at Nationals. It'll be kind of a homecoming for you, wouldn't it? Yep, we're looking forward to it. We got a lot of work to do to get there, that's for sure. That's all right. It's all right. You're on the right path. Very good. <laughs> all right, everybody. That is Tom Winkler, the new head coach at Missouri State. Coach, again, thank you so much for your time. Hold on, and we'll be right back. Uh, but hey, as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Yeah, yeah, Chance. We're going to have to do that hockey, but uh, we're going to get after it here a little bit later on. All right. We hope that you enjoyed that uh, little discussion there with head coach Tom Winkler. Learned an awful lot about him. Learned an awful lot about Missouri State. They're having a pretty good season coming off of a decent sweep this past weekend. All right. Hey, that's it for now. Uh, We'll get back to our regularly uh, scheduled programming, whatever you want to call it here for the WCHL podcast. We'll be back to our craptastic selves soon enough. In the meantime, I say arrivederci.